Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. So tonight we're going to do something different. Ever since the transfer deadline day saga and Rogers' first window at Liverpool happened, the club have adopted a transfer committee. Much of what the committee does is cloaked in secrecy. However, from what we were led to believe in the press, it consists of four parts. The manager, Brendan Rogers, the head of recruitment, Barry Hunter, the head of analysis and performance, Michael Edwards, and John Henry providing final sign-off through the commercial guys at the club. Of course, there's probably more to it than that, but we thought we'd give it a go ourselves. Even in the brief time preparing for this, you'll soon realise how much work is involved, even in an hour-long show. It's not fantasy football, it's far from it. This is football in the real world. Transfers are cloaked in secrecy. Therefore, what we're doing is trying to be as realistic possible within the confines of the information we have. So joining me to help are Jim Fishlock. Jim's going to be taking on Brendan Rogers' role for the evening. So welcome, Jim. Um, good luck trying to be Brendan. And his role is to tell us what he needs in order to meet our goals for next season. Mark Simpson is making his debut on tonight's pod and he's going to be the chief scout. His role is to work with the manager and to identify and assess targets given on a desired style of play, but also to listen to the analyst. He needs to be the person who can be the bridge between the data and what the manager wants. Finally, we thought long and hard about the head of analysis role, and we couldn't think of anyone better than Dan Kennett. Dan's role is to provide balance to the debate, but also to add insight where possible and to look at the empirical evidence available. After all, these are major investments. People say it's only a million, but it's really big money. So we need the data to stack up, even if it is a big name player. My role, well, lucky me, I'm the boss for the night. I'm John Henry, and I need to be convinced of what we want. But also my job is to tell the guys what it is the club want to achieve next season. We have to bear in mind that, again, this is big money. This is huge amounts to, to pay for players. Therefore, I need to be considered that, that my investment, FSG's investment, is the right one. So we're just going to cover off a few things of, of what we need to bear in mind through this. Again, we've stated it's not fantasy football. We're trying to be realistic as possible. So we're just going to cover off a few topics. Number one, the new Premier League spending constraint rules prevent clubs by increasing their wage bill by more than £4 million a season, unless we can fund it by any increase by an uplift in its commercial income. Although the punishment for breaching wage cap rules has not really been published, we do know that transfer embargoes and possibly a points deduction will be applied to heavy loss-making clubs. We've set the budget, and again we thought long and hard, um, at £60 million plus player sales. Uh, we've done that because that's what been what's uh, reported in the press and we don't really know any more than that. In terms of targets, the club expects to be challenging for the league title again. After last season and after the romance and the dream that goes along with that, we want to replicate that and we want to try and see if we can go one better. But we also need to be realistic. Our other targets are, are targeting a Champions League quarterfinal. Again, we're going to be in a difficult group and that will be incredibly difficult to achieve. However, that's where the money is. That's where being in the Champions League from a commercial point of view makes makes sense. And then the final one is this will be the third season without a trophy. Therefore, the prestige of a cup run is important to the club. Liverpool is, after all, about winning trophies and we think it's high time we did. But also, let's look, in order to kind of pull all this together, let's look at the season ahead and what we can expect. So Dan's done a little bit of work on the number of games we can expect to play and just planning how we need to resource the club. So Dan, over to you. Hi, John. Hi. So 
one of the freebies um, us guys in the stats department put together to, to help start the debate was um, let's call it resource planning because this year we, we played a very limited number of games and using some some standard industry estimating techniques called uh, three-point estimating. What we can do is we can say, what's the best, what's the most likely number of games we're going to play in each competition? What's, what's the best case and what's the worst case? Now, obviously, in a cup competition, the worst case is that you get knocked out in the first round. Obviously, the best case is you go on and win the thing. So, basically, crunched the numbers and it came out as we can expect to play eight and a half games in the Champions League and then 3.2 games in the FA Cup and League Cup, making a total of 53 games for the season so we need to estimate if, if we're going to push seriously on all fronts and we want to challenge for silver where we want to get out of the champions league group we want to challenge for the league title we need to we need to make sure we have a result a squad which is big enough to cover the demands of 53 games in all competitions now well, the other thing we need to factor in is how many how many games players are going to miss through injuries so based on you know a, a player's injury history we can say how likely or injury prone they are and therefore how many uh, games they're going to miss throughout the season so put all the players uh, in, into an into an algorithm and it came out that we basically got two critical weaknesses in the squad where we we don't actually have enough uh, first 11 quality to cover the expected number of games that we need them for next season and that's at fullback and uh, an attacking wide player an attacking midfielder or an attacking wide player, second striker. Those would be the two critical deficiencies that we'd have to fill with two extra bodies. After that, the whole thing then becomes a discussion on whether we upgrade the existing personnel and what is a what is a quality upgrade on on, on, on that member of the squad. There's a few assumptions in in, in there that uh, firstly that Pepe Reina will leave, and there's also um, some fringe players, Sebastian Cook. Quates, Coates, I never know. Martin Kelly and Osama Asaidi, that they're not going to be down as first eleven quality, and therefore that they won't be part. They haven't been part of that squad calculation. But uh, on the other hand, Suso and Barini have. So that's what we need to. That's that, that's that's the starting point for us. We're thinking that we need nineteen outfield players of the requisite quality. So any any of those nineteen, we'd be happy to see play at any any time in any game in any competition. So I hope that's a good idea to, to, to kick things off from us, guys. Absolutely. So, Jim, you're the manager. Dan's identified some critical weaknesses there for us, but he's also given us an idea of the games that we might expect to play next season. From your point of view, in the manager's role, and you're sitting there thinking about it just now, in, in what kind of eye in terms of personnel and also key positions do you think that we need to look at to kind of move out of the club next season? All I, what I will say, just to start off, is is you were right, John, at the start. This has been probably the most sort of prepared I've been for a podcast. This has taken up loads of time, so uh, hopefully it all goes well. Obviously, there are players I want out. They are. Should I give you those now, or do you want me to just tell you what I'm looking at? Yeah, to tell us what you're looking at overall. Yep. And give us okay, a right. I'm looking at uh, Glenn Johnson, Daniel Agger, Lucas Lever to leave from the first team squad from this season. I'm looking at Suso to go out probably on loan. And I'm looking at Asaidi, Coates and Reina not to return, really. For me personally, the, the positions I want to fill in are right-back, right-centre-back, left-back, um, midfielder slash defensive midfielder. And if there's enough in the budget after the Lambert deal, um, which I'm more than happy with, uh, some sort of attacking player. And I want to veto any bids for Adam Lallana straight off. 
Okay, so that's an interesting one. So, and what that kind of means from our point of view is that then starts to free up wages as a kind of critical thing. Um, the, the kind of three players in particular that you mentioned, Daniel Agar, Glenn Johnson and Lucas Leiva, are reported to be on pretty hefty salaries, even though Glenn Johnson may well take a pay, ride, a pay a deduction next season. So in order to cover that and to cover your ins and outs and so on, what we've done is we've um, hooked up with Mark Simpson and he's been our sort of chief scout so, Mark, in terms of the, the kind of preparation that you've done, who are the kind of key players? Let's start at defence that we can actually um, fill the gaps for the club next season and to get us to that 19 quality players that we want to be playing all, all the time. Just to start with, I just want to highlight what Jim just said. In 15 years, I don't think I've ever done homework before. So I am sat here with, with my homework in front of me and I've prepped up. Going on what Jim said, uh, we really want to, focus on on defence and what I've done is I've looked at the season as a whole and sort of using my sort of coaching background from the past sort of looked at what we've got and what players we can bring in to improve on our situation why we didn't win the league so in my opinion I'm looking at it this the reason why we didn't win the league is not because of the amount of goals that we scored it's the amount of goals we've conceded and where did the majority of the errors occur and that's down the right and the left back a lot of the goals where we've made errors is from defensive errors ourselves and it's purely a case of where the central defenders have got the ball they're looking for an out and it may be a case of where Glenn Johnson or Flanagan or Sissoko are maybe not the best on the ball and maybe not in the form or hasn't got that first touch. So instantly, I believe that if we improve our fullbacks and we, we improve it with technically sound players, um, we will not let as many goals in. That, and that's my opinion. So instantly what I did is I went out, looked at firstly in the Premiership and I looked out in, in Europe to see which players are going to improve us. So I'll start with them and I'll start with right back because when I first spoke to Jim about this, a few days ago, he was insistent the first player off our squad is, is Glenn Johnson. So um, I'm in no way, shape or form to disagree with that. So I went out and I, and I know that we are basically picking every single player off Southampton. But I want to continue that. You know, we might as well. We, we've got negotiations. When we've bagged Lambert. I want to go for Nathaniel Klein. And the reason why I've gone for Nathaniel Klein is... He's a young right back. He, he's pretty much unknown to the majority of, of, of people out there. But I think for people that, that, that sort of like good football and have watched Southampton with a bit of, uh, you know, with a bit of degree, we'll, we'll, we'll highlight that he has done very well. Um, he has assists. He's got four this year in the Premiership alone. He's he's 23, so he's still got seven, eight of the, you know very good years in front of him. He's pacey. He's very technical. And most importantly, he can stop a cross. So I think anybody who has seen Glenn Johnson this season knows that he does not like to stop a cross. Klein instantly comes in and, you know, and, and basically Im improves that area. Another big key factor is that by losing Johnson from the squad, we are going to save on, on, on wages. With Klein coming in, you can sort of assume, you know, without knowing his, his, his specific contract details in tack, you're sort of looking at between a 40 and 50k sort, sort of mark on there. So instantly, this is where I'm, I'm thinking the right back needs to improve. The important question is, and obviously this relates to a lot of the players that uh, Jim's just mentioned, Rayner, Asidi, Quatas, Kelly, 
even Enrique to a certain extent, Aga, is who's going to be taking these players. Fortunately, that's not for me. I'm the scout. I just look at who to replace and who to bring in. That's for, uh, you know, that's for others to, to decide on how we get rid of players. But as far as bringing it in, Klein at right back is perfect. Moving on to right centre back. and Just let's have a little focus on right back for a minute because... Okay, yeah. I'm I'm looking at this from two perspectives. I'm looking at one is the is the kind of Glenn Johnson beyond beyond coaching. So that's one question. You know, was it just a bad season? The other question, more importantly, is has he actually got a resale value based upon the wages that he's currently on at the club, reported to be on between 120 and 130 grand a week? Do you know what though, John? And and, yeah. and you know this is this is a very very good point, but I, I'm looking at it is I'm going to make him available and put him in the market, and the very worst case scenario which I could live with is that somebody offers to take him off our hands and just take up his contract for the next twelve to eighteen months. Now, like you say, he's on hundred hundred twenty grand a week. If he if he was to take a substantial pay cut, you're looking what eighty grand maybe is as low as he'd go. We get that off our wage bill. You you go in for Nathaniel Klein, someone of that ilk. You get him for seven, seven, eight million. He's on thirty five grand a week, and and he's he's a better player. That's what I'd be looking to do. Obviously, Dan, I'm sure you can tell me, you know, whether or not that's feasible. But I I don't know. I I think if if we were to buy a right back and explain to Johnson that he's not first choice and put him into the market, I'm sure somebody would take him off our hands, and I'm sure he'd be willing to sort of, you know, for the sake of playing take a lower wage somewhere else a QPR have come up they've already been linked with him and I think if he's in the market somebody could come in for him so as Johnson's get, got some, if I'm understanding this correctly he's got a year left on his contract you guys want me to sanction giving him a, a sort of golden goodbye paying him off is, is, is that what you're asking me to do with Glenn Johnson I think one thing that we've got to very quickly just to bump in here with Johnson, he's about to be a World Cup player. He's about to go and be England's starting right back. I think if he was to make available for transfer, I don't think it's a case of where he'd have to give him away. I, I, I fully anticipate that someone would take him for a fee. His market price is probably between five and ten million. You know, it, yeah. it's not. It's, I think it shouldn't be too much of an issue. And obviously, Dan can maybe back up on stats and, and whatnot. But yeah, just just on Johnson though. I mean, the reason why people won't offer a transfer fee is because of, because of his astronomical wages. So I think I think we'd have to. The assumption would be it'd have to be a free transfer. The best case would be it's a free transfer, and they take all of his wages. We don't have to pay him anything once he's left. I think that would be the best case scenario. Even that, I don't I, I, I have my doubts about that as well. Anyway, but to Klein, just going on to Klein though, um, he's really good. He's, he's a good defensive fullback, but he doesn't really stand out even compared to, say, John Flanagan. So, you know, you, if John Flanagan is a good defensive fullback as well, if you want to put him in at right back. But he's, he's, I don't see Klein uh, offering the numbers, really don't point to Klein doing anything uh, going forward in any significant way. Fair enough, he, he very, very rarely gets beaten by a man. That, that is, he's got very good numbers defensively. But um, that, That's what we're looking at, though, Dan, as well. I, I think there's a definite upward curve available with, with Rogers coaching him, attacking-wise. Southampton this season, they haven't been spanked very often. I haven't looked into how many goals they conceded, but off the top of my head, I don't remember him conceding three or four that often. So even if we brought in another attacking fullback to play on the left-hand side, no Moreno, we'll move on to him. And this is why I'm specifically looking at a defensive midfielder to sit in there. If and when we do play them both, if we were to get them both, Klein and Moreno, don't forget, John, the option is there for Flanagan to play right back, like Dan has said, 
and obviously we'll move on to wisdom as well. So I'm looking, buying someone to come in that side when we're at home, park the bus. If we're going away, maybe change it round slightly. But I'm looking at a squad. I'm looking at 22, 24 players who I can you know, get in that team and, and the quality won't sort of uh, diminish like it did this season. And don't forget, Klein didn't play every game for Southampton last year. Callum Chambers took his place towards the end of the season, which was a bit of a, ch- a strange one, in my opinion. So that's what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to strengthen the first 11 and the uh, squad as a whole with sort of multifunctional players. I have to be I have to be honest, though. I haven't actually done too much preparation on, on, on the right-hand side. Um, but if you, if, 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 if you could live with a very similar player to what we've already got in Flanagan and having two players like that, but you know, there's no real options there. I mean, maybe what we need to do is go away and, and look at other alternatives. That if you know, if you're adamant that that's the way you want to go, and we look at the right back options, maybe we can come. You know, obviously we won't be able to finish it today, but maybe we can come back another time and look at it. Yeah, well, look, I'm happy to go. You know, I, I personally, I think Johnson's had his day, so I'd I'd be looking to put him into the market and and see what happens. Worst case scenario, if we can't find anyone. And we're thinking Flanagan and Wisdom. I mean, look, personally, I'm of the opinion that Flanagan, as well as he did last season, I wouldn't want him to be sort of starting next season at right back. Could Wisdom make the step up? It's, it's a big step up. I'm not sure. We can, we can, send, up, we can send Mark yeah. off on, on, a, on a nice scouting mission around Europe to come up with some of the right back candidates. Yeah. I'm happy with that. I know Danilo over at Porto is highly rated. Mm. Um, and there's a couple knocking around in Germany. I know Dave's mentioned a few times on here. So yeah, I mean, I'm happy happy to leave that position open as you know if we can try and find some other alternatives. Definitely. Mm. I think the one yeah. reason why I sorry just very quickly the reason why um, and, I, and I did a bit of luck. You know, I, I went to my most trusted uh, scouting uh, network, which is YouTube, and uh, <laughs> I picked out I, I picked out Klein because a the type of player that he is. Uh, but also the amount of money he would cost and wages. Everything that I've sort of done in my research over the last few days has come down to ability. But I think cost and wages also played a key factor because, as you know, John pointed out at the start, and Dan has, has pointed out, we are restricted to FFP. This isn't fantasy football, as we keep saying. So you know, this is why we settled on him. Is he like the, the the ceiling? Is he the prime? No. But for where we are right now, and for you know. It's still a progression, you know. We're, we're by no means, in any sort of way, shape, or form, can compete with the likes of City and the Chelseas of the world and PSGs, and you know, to that ill. What we can do, though, is we can build a squad of quality players who are hungry players. Give them the forty, fifty grand, you know, and and and, and this is what I'm sort of coming to. Make them work towards it. I mean, like I say, this this is how we've built on our method so far, and it's worked fantastically well to get into the position of where we are. So. I want to continue on that. Yeah, I, I do. I do agree with that, Mark. And obviously, when we spoke about Klein, uh, you know, I, I said, yeah, you know, we'll 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 take him for those reasons. And also, he is a young man. There's plenty of growth there. So, you know, like I say, I'm happy to sort of cast the net a bit further if that's that's the general consensus. But if we come back and 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 he's the option, then then I'll take him. I'll be happy enough with that. Oh. Yeah, well, I think from my point of view. Just the, the direction I would give you is, whilst I agree with your arguments and I would be more than happy to see Glenn Johnson go, we, we do need to think about what it is we're getting. Are, are we getting Klein? Because again, and I agree he's a good player, but are we getting Klein just because he is that kind of decent enough player in a decent enough Southampton team or will he actually add something? Um, so I would need to be convinced in terms of spending that money. So Mark, if you want to go into the next targets you've identified. I was going to go... 
straight into left back. Like I say, focusing purely on that to improve our team, we need to improve the fullbacks. We've gone over right back, we've shelved that for now, we're coming over to left back. And there's two guys that stand out. And I know that uh, Davy Hendricks has really raved about two of these players. Um, one of them is Rodriguez, um, and the other is Moreno. Now, obviously, Moreno is is, is very much in our limelight because it looks like there's a deal that potentially is going to go ahead in in, in real life. Um, I think if we can get this player in, I think that that is basically our number three, our left back slot sorted for the next you know six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. You know, he is is a is a very good player. He's, he's a very Quick player, he's a very technical player. He's got goals, he's got assists, and the best thing is, is that he's very multifunctional. Uh, one of the big words that uh, Rogers has, has used recently is that he wants a small squad, but he wants a team that's full of players that can interact in different positions, apart from a few specialist players. And, and Marino definitely fits this. <laughs> it's, it's ilk. He's a he's a left back. He can also play attacking midfielder. Left. He can you know he, he can work anywhere along, along the line. Whereas dribbling, crossing, defensive contribution, he does tick a lot of boxes. I think personally, yes. if I was to recommend Mark, anybody, it would be that guy. Mark. So just sorry to interrupt. So uh, I've got a couple of questions on on Moreno from from my point of view. So one of the things that we know the club does, especially John Henry, is the club will go and consult other consultants. So I've had a little chat to some other consultants, um, including Gillian Balag and a few, some of the, some of the other um, people around. And by having a chat with consultants, I've read their articles and their tweets. Um, but what they're telling me about Moreno, as well as I agree with you that he's a good player, he's had an inconsistent season uh, this year. He's been great in patches. He's been poor in others. Um, from, from that point of view, is he the type of player... Are we, are we doing Glenn Johnson all over again? Are, are we going to pay a lot of money for a fullback whereby we could invest it somewhere else? Flanagan's already done well. So from my point of view, to be able to part with my money, I'm going to need a reason to really go from him. Dan, I don't know if you've got any numbers well, to, to help me look at it. He, he, he doesn't look bad at all, but Rodriguez, Ricardo Rodriguez, looks a lot better. Why, why aren't we looking at him? My one with Rodriguez is that As I was doing the research over the last few days, it looks like he has caught the attention of some of Europe's biggest... Well, there's a reason for that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The reason why I think we've gone so quickly in for Marino is that because so many teams are focusing on Rodriguez, he's sort of just being shelled as plan B for a lot of these teams. And by acting now, by activating this release clause... I mean, this is just me looking, and it's not from it that I, I have heard or, or, or done not. I think that that's why we're sort of going for him. Rodriguez is an amazing defender. He, he, is, that, he is that little bit better, so to speak. But if we were to come up in a transfer battle, battle with the likes of a Real Madrid, with the likes of a Barcelona, we are not on that level yet. So that's why I've highlighted him. I'm being realistic. In every single one of these transfers, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being realistic. I mean, anybody on, the, anybody on here, but I mean, who's, who's been seriously linked with Rodriguez then? I mean, is any is any bids gone in? What's his? I mean, are we, are we, is he a twenty million pound, twenty million euro player like Moreno, or are we talking more? Well, as far as bids gone in, I, no, nobody's done their action. I think as far as on on the continent, there's only really ourselves who are, are acting prior. I mean, before the World Cup. But if we were to start bidding for that sort of player, I mean, if this is the sort of, I think this this is what Seville really wanted to happen with Moreno. They, they had this uh, bid come in. And it was a very good bid for Moreno. And they were sort of thinking, right, this is great. Now let's start a bidding war. But no one else has really actioned. A lot of them might be still on their holidays. You know, 
But I think with Rodriguez, I think obviously Real Madrid obviously highly linked with him. I mean, I this, this is just from me going off on, on what I've what, what well, I've read over the last we, few days. But can't we send over our crack uh, negotiating unit to uh, to Wolfsburg and you know and, 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 and you know see see how it goes? <laughs> well, this is this is above my station. I'm I'm not looking towards the left. <laughs> so, so, so the guidance I'm going to give you on this is, is from what I'm hearing about Moreno, I'm, I'm not turned off from them. But, but like Dan, slightly kind of concerned at a lack of ambition. Now, now, if that ambition comes through in other targets, absolutely fine. Because we've got to ask, you know, is paying silly money for a right back, um, sorry, a left back, the right thing to do? You know, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced it is. So from my point from, of view... From my point of view, John, he, he's, he's my number one target for left back. He's your number one target. It's my number one target. And just because he has had a sort of up and down season, he's been great sometimes, he hasn't been great others. You know, let's let's talk about Philip Coutinho in the same breath. Been great sometimes for us, been poor other times. He's a young man, you know, he's not the finished article. We need a left back. We need we haven't had a good left back since Stiginger Bjornaby, you know? Go through them. We've had some. We've had some terrible ones, haven't we? I think this. I think he's the guy. I think we need to. We need to spend the money in positions where we need strengthening. And if we're going to argue about right back, you know, I'm happy to see that point. Left back, John Flanagan is not the answer. We all watched the Newcastle game. We've watched games this season where the lack of a left-footed player on the left-hand side has, has caused us issues. As solid as Flanagan has been, fine. We need a left-sided player. I think this guy's the. This guy's got it. This I'll be pushing hard for this one. Okay, so j- just on this one, right? Allegedly, in the Newcastle game, the reason Alex Sissoka was brought on is we wanted to go three at the back, and John Flanagan couldn't play wide left in, in, in with the three at the back. So and I, I, all I'm saying is that Moreno and Rodriguez have both got excellent profiles, but Rodriguez is better. Um, if, if, if you're saying, you know, maybe Rodriguez looks like an A-class player, Marino maybe like an A-minus or a B-plus, right? So they're the same age, um, but Rodriguez does twice as many dribbles with you know, at a much higher completion rate. He does more tackles and interceptions. He commits less errors. Um, it's, you know, it's clear that he's, he, okay, other clubs might be interested in, but, I, you know, we should I think we should chance it. Uh, and then we should also, you know, we should have... You know, we should have irons in the fire for both of them, but uh, you know, we shouldn't just let Rodriguez, you know, pass with no interest from us. I think. So, so what we're, what I think we can do here in terms of a negotiation is do something we probably used to do under and don't crucify me for this, but under Damien Camoli. So, what Camoli used to do was put bids in for different players in the same position. Um, making sure that we weren't over-investing time in one player and making sure that we did have contact with the clubs all, all the way throughout the window in case, <laughs> in case our number one target came out. So if we can agree the fee for the two of these guys in terms of agree between us, in terms of what, what, what it is you want, um, and agree the rough wage structure as to what we would need, how about we put in two bids um, and, and we'll proceed with the one that we want. If the Rodriguez one doesn't come off, as, as people are suggesting, then actually um, at least we'll do that in terms of um, Alberto Moreno. Um, and we'll, um, again, that, that that's part of the kind of strategy that we have as a club adopted before. So if you're happy with that, I'm, I'm, I'm all prepared to do that. I think they're both around, you know, the 20 million euros, Mark, 20 million euros plus. So they're both going to be expensive players, but they're both good players with an excellent profile. All I will say on that, Dan, and, and I do, I agree with what you're saying 100%, is 
any deal that we do with Seville could possibly be linked to uh, either a loan or a permanent move for one of our three Spaniards who may be leaving uh, this summer also. Well, so that's, perhaps, yeah. that, that, that's, perhaps that's oh, paid, well, yeah, paid part yeah, yeah, in negotiations. Yeah. Okay, so what are we going to do? Um, and I've offered you on a plate. Um, my preference would be that we don't get held up in this window, that we don't, know, we don't do what we've done in previous windows under this committee. So uh, are we going to go out with a, a kind of two-pronged negotiation and, and, and try and land one of them by using that method? Or are, are we just going to focus all our efforts into one? It can't, hurt. Thought, it can't hurt, can it? I don't think to go. You know, yeah. if if that's if that's the road you want to go down, um, like I say, I, if Rodriguez turns up, I'm not going to turn my nose up at him. Um, I like Moreno, so yeah. If 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 that's what you want to do, go with the, the two bids. I can live with that. Well, I would and say what's on this one? structure are we looking at for the two of them? So that, so this is a crucial element here. Um, because as we all know, the, the transfer fees we can amortise that over over a period, but in terms of wages, you pay for that in, in that season. So, so what type of wage deal are we going to be looking at for the for these two players? Uh, I'd say champ, Champions League level wages. I'd say they're both Champions League players. That, you know, they're going to be they're both at non Champions League clubs at this moment, but they will be both at Champions League clubs next season. So you've got £4 million a season plus. OK. OK. And and from a numbers point of view, Dan, you think that's a kind of good option for the kind of players that we're talking about? You think it's sensible? They both stand out. They're both they're both very good profiles and they're both, say, both only 21. Okay. You're basically ticking off your left-back slot for the next yeah. potentially 10, 10 years. It's, it's, it's like, you know... Everybody's raving about about Luke Shaw, but you know, with these two, you, you, you've got you've got this step up. And I never thought I'd hear myself say this, but let's take the Damien Camoli approach on this one. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, but, sure. but John, both of these are less than Luke Shaw. I would say the total package would be less than what you'd have to get pay Southampton for Luke Shaw. Okay, no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm more than comfortable in terms of not going for Luke Shaw. Okay, so so that's agreed. So so that's a kind of first thing of the night that, that we're all going to go away and, and agree on is, is we'll go on a, a two-pronged big, big approach and hope one of them sticks. Okay, so Mark, who's who's the next position? So uh, Jim said right centre-back and I've got two targets and I'm going to let uh, yourselves and, and, and Dan Stats provide which one we go for. So like everything, I've gone for a player which is probably realistic and one which would be top draw, improve our squad, no doubt. So I'm going to start with the one that's it's more realistic and it's Stephen Colker. Um, he has his pros, he has his, his cons. Um, he's obviously somebody that Rogers loves. You know, He's mentioned about him a lot. He's been heavily linked in the press. He has got a very low re- uh, relegation release clause in his, uh, in his makeup. Now, pros... He could be a future captain. He's got that leadership that we lack at times. You know, he's uh, firstly, obviously, knows the game, knows the Premiership inside out. Has played pretty much, I think, every single game this season. He he, he has played in. He's he's scored five goals. You know, he, he you know I know that Skirtles had had an amazing season for goals, but he is he's obviously can contribute to five goals himself. The 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 cons which pretty much falls under the line of, of where Skittles at is that his, his 
ball control, his, his passing isn't the best, but he's only 22 years old. This can be coached into him. He's going to have the best coach in the UK, potentially working with him. So that's my realistic target, Stephen Colgan. We're sort of looking at, I believe, from what we read, um, he's going to be between £8 million. That's what we're sort of looking at, £50,000 wages, estimated. The, the, other, the other right side is centre-back, who can potentially play defensive midfielder and midfielder, so he's multifunctional, is Javi Martinez. Um, he is one of my favourite players around. I know he's a lot of, a lot of uh, people that I talk to, one of his favourite players. From what you read and from what we hear, he may be available. Wages and transfer fee, he is going to take up a significant chunk. Would he be happy moving abroad, moving to the UK, moving to the Premiership and playing centre-back? Who knows? I know for one thing, he can't come in and think he's going to play defensive midfielder because we've got club captain playing there. But this is where the gaffer persuasion will will come in. But if you can get him in playing centre-back and... If we can get him in, he would be an amazing signing for us. So those are the two options. Those are the ones I'm throwing out there. This is slightly where me and Mark disagree in the fact that I think Javi Martinez, if he comes in, and I told Mark I wanted him, um, he comes in, he's going to be the best midfielder we got at the club. So he goes in our first eleven. I said to Mark, I want him because he can do that and I want him because he can, at times, drop in to play centre-back. We know Rogers likes to switch sometimes to a three at the back during the game. And we also know that there's going to be occasions where, similar to Barcelona and similar to how he does for, uh, sorry, Bayern Munich, sorry, and what he does for Spain, we have so much of the ball at home that we could start with uh, Martinez as the right sided centre back uh, in some home games and have Gerard in front of him uh, and vice versa. However, obviously, financial constraints probably dictate that we won't be able to go for him. So, Colker, yeah, Rogers likes him. I like him. Uh, I agree with Mark. He does a lot of good things um, very well. Of course, he, he's young, learning his trade. He's going to make mistakes. But I think that's the profile of player we're looking for. We are looking for young, hungry players. Um, with Kolka, he, he can do it now. And I think he's got room to grow and become you know, an even better centre-back for, for England and for Liverpool. Javi Martinez, he comes in, he's straight in that team, you know, anywhere in that midfield three, straight in there. And if we're going to be spending over 25, 30 million pounds on a player, he's the one we should be spending it on. So, again, speaking to my consultants, I had a funny feeling you talk about Stephen Cocker. How many goals did Cardiff concede last season? Now, bear in mind, I'm taking into account the overall quality of the team, but how many goals did they concede last season? John, just before the government come in, um, there is a parallel here. I mean, I've, I've looked at his numbers for when he was with Spurs in 2012-13. Okay. So, um, I think there is some potential there, but he he is quite weak in the... He's, he's pretty weak in the air for a centre-back. Um, his passing... For, his, his ground numbers and da- data for Spurs was excellent, so it proves he can play in a, in a bigger team. Um, you, you can't really look at like passing and ground stuff for for, for players in, in you know in, in relegation teams. It's, it's just not comparable. Um, his interceptions and, and tackles are okay, but you know, like you said, it's coachable. And managers worked with him before, but it's it's not really an improvement on. I don't really think it's an improvement on any of the four players apart from in the wages department that we already, any of the four centre backs that we already have. 
Pardon. All I will say, John, to answer your question is, I'll come back at you. Um, David Marshall, a lot of people have been talking about him as backup keeper, six million quid. How many goals did Cardiff concede? How many goals did we concede? You know, yeah. f- football's a team game. You know, <coughs> I, he didn't make a single mistake that led to a goal last season, Stephen Colker, in a side that conceded a lot of goals. I think that says a lot. And, and he's British as well. And we know what Rogers is like for British English players. So again, one of the things that my consultants are telling me is that he, we need a leader in, 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 in that defence. Maybe a very basic way to look at that. But do you think, and again, I appreciate he's young, but do you think, so look, I've, I've given you guys some strong targets for next year. I want a title challenge. So I'm, I'm talking about being involved until the last couple of weeks in the season. I, uh, we ideally, and it might be a push, and I realise this, and, and we'll by no means be held to it, but ideally... We also need um, that that Champions League quarter final, and just in terms of the monetary rewards that's there, we can go on and strengthen again after that point. The third thing would really be is that is he the type of player? So, so Dan's already said at a numbers level, it's probably not an improvement. I would be happy to sanction an offer to go after that kind of Javi Martinez because actually, part of the issue I've got, and I, w- I want your advice on this, is. You know, we've kind of got Steven Gerrard as a captain and, and and as the manager, you've made him that holding midfielder. A lot's been made about it. <clears throat> if you if we were to bring in having Martinez, is there a debate that we could play him right-sided centre-back and then as Gerrard eases out and we can manage Gerrard a bit more next year, is there an argument to then bring him in there? Well, I think it's, it's unrealistic to expect Steven Gerrard to play every game next season. So, you know, you, you've got to have him coming out of the side. And whilst I agree with Dan um, on the stats side of everything, there's always, you know, we can go down the stats road all the time and sign purely on stats, or we can take a leap of faith, uh, you know, from what we see as as sort of uh, football people, scouts and people who watch the game and this and that. That's what that's my thinking on Colker. If you're telling me you're going to go and buy me Javi Martinez, he goes in my side. Um, whether or not he goes in at defensive midfield for the first few weeks while he gets acclimatised um, to the Premier League and then he drops back to centre-back. Who knows? He's going to go in my team somewhere if he comes. Um, and I just had a very quick point from a, yeah. from a scouting sort of aspect or maybe a coaching view. The way that the game is going, the basically... The, the way that sports evolve and the, the way that football is evolving, you know, everybody on that field needs to be a footballer. The way that it's sort of progressing at present moment in time, and this is why we're sort of seeing a, a Mascarano at centre-back or a Martinez at centre-back, is that you need to have... I mean, midfielders, like a defensive midfielder, is going to eventually become the centre-back. And this is why, you know, I've highlighted... Uh, Colco in there for, for maybe a short term medium time or we can basically go full out and bring Martinez as and get him in there now as much as football on a side note as much as football is about stats and, and we're looking at it from, from this point of view it's very much as well the Steve Peters sort of role it's it's psychology it, it's, it's it's dressing room behavior it's, it's it's footballers who have that sway in the dressing room and if we bring in a top, top, top class, world class, and we're bringing him in, as, and, and, and you say, right, you're a defensive midfielder. Stephen Gerrard knows it's going to get turned, and he is the club captain, he's the club legend. He's not going to like that one bit, and, and frictions will be caused. If we say to Martinez, you're coming in, you're in our, our, our centre defence, and you come in, and this is the position you're going to be, I think we're boxing off a position 
and we can progress as much as we are progressing and we're going to evolve the way that football is evolving. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I, d- I don't agree with a bit about Steven Gerrard because I mean, I think he's savvy enough to know he can't play defensive midfield or, well, he doesn't play defensive midfield, does he? Or, you know, the deepest of the three or the deepest of, uh, you know, of the two or whatever Rogers sets it up as next season in every game. So, I, I you know, I, I just don't see that happening at all. Um, but anyway, I'll let Dan come in with the numbers on, on Martinez because hopefully this seals the deal for uh, our one big superstar signing. Oh, uh, yeah, we're absolutely on board with this. Uh, he, he, he's the standout candidate by a million miles. Um, he's absolutely phenomenal in the air. You know, he he, he, he blows our other centre-backs out of the water on, on, on his aerial duels and how often he wins them. Uh, he doesn't make any mistakes on the ball, uh, which is something we've been extremely prone to. Um uh, he's extremely good at reading the game, um, and he's a very, very good passer. Um, the only concerns would be that um, um, you know he played about half of his games for Bayern at centre back last year in the league in the in the Bundesliga. But you know, um, it, can you directly replicate playing at centre back in the Bundesliga with playing and centre back in the Premier League? But again, he is a dom- he is a dominant figure in the air. Um, you're probably looking at. Thirty million pound and seven or eight million pound of season wages. So you basically um, you have to play him. Uh, the question is, how do you utilise him? You do not leave a player like that out of the first eleven. As, as Jim's already said, you know you, you find a way. But you know if you buy the, I don't know, you go back to playing with a double pivot. I don't know, but the, the, there would have to be sacrifices made to get him in. There would have to be some big departures. In wage wage levels, I think to to maintain a balance, but we fully endorse this. But we do need we would need a plan B if it didn't come off. Okay, and, and there's a best plan B that you can offer me, Stephen Cocker. Based upon what you, I mean, ultimately, Jim, it's your team. I'm looking at two things, John. I'm looking at Javi Martinez. Right, he comes in, and we we you know he's our top guy. And he comes in like Dan says. He plays centre back. We play centre midfield. Start and he and he rotates between the two. We'll see. Um, and that's our big money signing. Or I've got Stephen Colker and then I've got someone else for centre midfield. I think we get the two of them for the same money as Javi Martinez. You know, I'm thinking if we go and get Javi Martinez, that is a massive statement of intent. That is, do you know what? We finished second last season. We're back in the Champions League. We're back in the big time. We've just bought this world-class player. He's gone straight in our side. He's improved us straight away because that's what we—that's the the message we want to get out there. We finished second. Yeah, we had a threadbare squad, you know, lopsided squad. So now we're we're strengthening the positions that need strengthening, stopping conceding the silly goals. Should still be scoring plenty with the, the forwards we've got. You know, the only way is up. We reckon seven million a season, and we think thirty to thirty-five million pounds in order to sign him. Yeah, he's twenty five and he's six foot four, so he is built for the Premier League. Okay, okay. So based upon that, not against it. Mostly happy to go for that. So, um, but again, like likewise with all our kind of current, I suppose the, the approach that we're going to take um, with um, Rodriguez and Moreno um, will basically have a little look at going for Cocker as well. But only in my point is uh um, yeah, only as a backup. I'm not entirely convinced over over investing that in Cocker, but I I understand. Um, the other thing is is in terms of departure, Jim, you mentioned before, probably Daniel Agger 
um, is potentially looking to go. So, Dan, from from your point of view, is he big enough a sacrifice to bring in a, a Martinez-type player? Daniel Agam is a good player, but Javi Martinez is uh, uh, is an elite player. So, he, he, he gives you everything that Agam's already got and a lot more. It might be time to say bye-bye, Daniel, if... Uh, if if Martinez can be secured, it, it, to, to be honest, it's probably essential in terms of uh, in terms of the wages. Yeah, uh, from a commercial point of view, I'm looking at that seven million a season. Well, we're definitely going to need to make that. So if we're agreed, uh, potentially there's maybe a deal to be done there with Daniel Agar, um, hopefully. Um, so yeah, um, Martinez for me and Cocker is a plan B. Just on that, how much is Cocker going to cost me um, in, t- in terms of buying, and also w- what's the what's the wage demands likely to be? I mentioned it briefly earlier. I think this is just going off guesstimates, but uh, eight million—that's uh, the fee you're going to pay for him. As far as wages, you're sort of talking between the fifty and sixty k. Okay, so who, who's the next target then? So, Jim, um, you mentioned about uh, defence. That's where we, 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 we focus really on bringing three players in. So, out, out of a back potential five, we're, we're looking at bringing in three players. Uh, we're going to move on to midfield now. Um, which was the position you wanted to talk about first, Jim, or Gaffer? <laughs> yeah, well, this is this is where we sort of slightly disagreed as well, wasn't it? I, I looked at um, obviously the Emery Can deal seems to be going well. Looks like it's going to happen, um, but well, obviously when we talked about it, we weren't sure. My my thoughts were Stephen Colker uh, at centre back and Lars Bender to come in um, in midfield. Or Javi Martinez, basically, and he covers both positions with Gerard playing quite a bit. So I don't think um, the Lars Bender deal is going to have. You know, we're not going to have the money to go in for him as well. So Emery Khan, I don't know much about him personally. I've the, <laughs> the most I know about him, to be honest, was on a couple of years football managers. He was really good, um, but I haven't seen much of him personally. So I'm bowing to Mark's greater knowledge on Emery Khan here. So I think he, he's really the only option as a sort of midfielder in the ilk of, of your Gerrards um, and Hendersons. See, with uh, Emery Khan, it's an interesting one because the first thing that stands out to anybody, um, and this is not on a stats point of view, it's just me looking at him, is that he's very, very flexible. He plays in a lot of positions. Um he can play, obviously, a defensive midfielder. He midfielder. He's played centre-back this year. He's played left-back. He's also played forward-left. So he can literally play. He's like a Henderson. He can play absolutely anywhere. And if I was to personally bring in a midfielder, it wouldn't be to just box off a defensive midfielder. It would be someone in the ilk of an Emery Khan. We need another We need another Henderson. We need someone who can feature in a lot of roles, somebody who is good in the pass, good in the tackle, someone who's a very clever footballer, someone who's a potential leader. And I think in obviously the real world of Liverpool, there's, there's no, you know, there's no coincidence that this guy, this is why we're going for this fella. And um, he's at Bayern Leverkusen. In a typical Liverpool stance, there's no, we never go for an easy transfer. This, this is a very complicated transfer where this is a player who's on a, who's on a decent wage at Leverkusen. And, you know, I think it's quite well known, um, and pull me up if it's not, but that he's on quite a decent wage and he wants a high wage to come to England because he has got his eyes on potentially going back to Bayern Munich. And it's our job or the committee's job or whoever goes in for the negotiations to convince him that Liverpool is the right move to progress in his career. 
Looking outside of Emre Khan, there are a lot of there's there's a, there's a lot of potential players. You know, there's, there's a lot of players that fall under the same sort of ilk, but more closer to home. James Milner names keeps getting bounded around. Um, he is somebody that I think wants to leave Man City, but due to FFP, I don't think they are going to let him go. Um, he would be a decent option to look at. You've mentioned your Lars Bender. We've already spoken in depth about Javi Martinez, but I think um, if I was to recommend somebody to the rest of the pod, to the rest of the committee, it, it would be Emre Khan, and I'd be intrigued and I'm interested to see if the stats back up this recommendation. Well, Emre Chan does look um, a, a very good prospect. I mean, he's only 20 years old, um, uh, and so he, he would be, and he, like you said, he's a utility player, which which is extremely useful. Um so I, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't I wouldn't veto that one at all. I think he's a very good, he looks like a very good potential player. My concern is more that um, if we go for Martinez and it doesn't come off, um, then we're sort of you know that was going to box off a de- defensive midfield and a centre back position. So if you've already said that you want to get rid of Lucas Lever, um, do we then need to think about uh, a top quality defensive midfielder to? You know, if we haven't got Martinez or Lucas, yeah. Well, that, that's that's why my idea was to obviously the sort of fallback for Martinez. But we need we need to plan on uh, we need to plan on the thing that if we don't get him as well, yeah, you know, we'll go. Well, for it. That's why I think Colker centre back, and then we, we go back to Leverkusen, but for Lars Bender as opposed to uh, Emery Chan. So okay, yeah. So um, Lars Bender, we, um, again, he looks a very good defensive player. The only concern we have got from my my perspective is 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 the passing doesn't look very good compared to other players in his position. Um, and can we afford to carry an a, an average passer? You know, in, in the way we play. The only the only candidates that we would uh, we would put forward uh, in addition would be uh, there's there's two who stand out: um, Morgan Schneiderlin and Maxine Godelons. Yeah. Um... Has Gonalon's not gone to Napoli, no? That has um, happened. Not that I'm aware, sorry. I know there's been a lot of talk about that. Um, but the, I, he, they, I, those two are the standout. They, they've got the passing, they've got the. They're both very combative, they're both, um, they don't make many mistakes. So I, I really rate Schneiderlin, and, and I, I'd, I'd love him. I don't know how many more Southampton players we can, we can sort of nab off him. But yeah, I mean, look, if, if we're going to look closer to home and we want someone Premier League proven, which seems to be a sort of flavour of the month, then you know you won't hear any arguments uh, from me on Morgan Schneider, and definitely not. Where I'm coming at and listening to the arguments that you're, you're telling me, whilst I really like Emre Khan and the consultants like him as well, the only problem with him is is we're, 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 our, our number one target is going to be Javi Martinez, and the type of positions that Khan covers, we're spending a lot of money on fullbacks, we're spending a lot of money on centre backs potentially. Is is he that type of player who's going to cover the positions that we need? Is he going to be that player who's good enough to <coughs> cover and to play in a different style of play with a defensive midfielder, given that Gerrard sort of plays in a more holding role rather than in that defensive John, role? John, yeah? from our perspective, just if we did sign Martinez and Moreno or Rodriguez at left-back, yeah, and, and then Can came in as well. I think he because he's only twenty. I think he would be the perfect utility player to cover off those. I think Can would be ideal signing if the others can be pulled off. Okay. I think if, if, if can is if can is if Emery can becomes Plan A, then I think we're in a bit more of a situation. The the other thing I would say, obviously, is is we have got Jordan Rosser to coming through, 
And I know next season may be a little bit too soon for him, but that's something just to keep your eye on because obviously we don't want to block up his route into the first team. I'm, I'm liking the sound of, of Khan. I'm liking this. I think Dan, with your final point there, has probably convinced me. He's not a number one target, though. Martinez is a number one target. And again, because we've sort of got four targets already established, both in a couple of different positions, if we can get can from a, a decent money perspective then I'm convinced enough to sanction a deal for that. In terms of the other targets you mentioned, uh, Bender uh, target, um, again you know, Dan referenced it in terms of the style of play, I mean Jim from your point of view do, do you think you could coach that into him? I want someone who can come in and play the way that, that, that you've set up the team to play. I, th- I certainly think he could, so I don't like using the word but we, you know, we've got to be a little bit pragmatic we're not going to be you know, flying forward all the time. We're not going to be, we can't afford to do it like we did last season. You know, we concede an awful lot of goals and for the sake of not being the great, the greatest passer in the side, but if he's the most defensively minded midfielder and shields the back four, then I can live with that. And I also think, you know, the only sort of sticking point with Schneidlin would be Southampton. He's gone from a Premier League club to a Premier League club. You know, those deals aren't cheap. Uh, yeah, I endorse that. I think Schneiglin, while he's got an excellent profile, would be extremely expensive, probably prohibitively so. I don't know what the situation with Gonalons is. Maybe we need to send Mark out on a on a get to, you know to understand the status there, what you know, his contract situation, whether he is looking to leave, whether anything's been agreed with anybody. Yeah, I, th- I think Gonalon signed a new deal in the summer. From 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 what I know, from from the kind of contract perspective. So, um, sorry, in, in January, I think he signed a new deal. So, the the, the only issue again I've got though is potentially you're asking me to go for two players, so Can and Bender. And if I'm right, Bender's at the... He's at Leverkusen as well, alongside Can. So that's going to make a negotiation very difficult. That's why you get paid the big bucks, so, uh, boss. You know, yeah. we, give, we give you the players and uh, you and Ian go and do the negotiating. Well, maybe, maybe you should, um, we should have a look at Gonalons as well at the same time. Okay. So 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 let, let let's go to Leverkusen for the the the, the two <laughs> two of the best players. Um, see how that one works out. Um, in terms of Gonalons, then. So in terms of these players, so if we're going to go for Can Bender and, and Gonalons, how much are they going to cost me? Let's start with Can. How much is he going to cost? Can I think his release clause is is worked out at ten million pounds. As far as wages goes, this is the sticking point because he is paid quite well at Leverkusen. I'm sort of, I've guesstimated, again, about £70,000 a week. For a 20-year-old, is a lot of money. It's yeah. a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And you are paying that for utility. But the targets that have been set, we've got to start paying this sort of money for a player like Khan, who, you know, we, we can set a lot of incentives behind his contract. But if we can get him in, like Dan says, it ticks off a lot of boxes and don't forget, we need to work on on a on a on a, on a squad of around about twenty one uh, players, and that's nineteen plus two, you know, plus t- two goalkeepers here. So I think he does tick off a lot of boxes. Well, all I'd say on that that score is, you know, we're running a tight ship. It's um, you know, team unity is is key. If he comes in, he's twenty years of age from a foreign league, basically. He's on ninety grand a week. If he wants twenty grand extra to make him move over. You know, there's going to be a few youngsters, Raheem Sterling for one, who's going to be looking at that and saying, hang on, Gaffer, what's going on here? Guys, I'll tell you now, 70 grand a week for uh, for Emre Khan, that's not going to happen. I, I won't sign that off. Not a chance. Um, so, 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 simply because I'm looking at Raheem Sterling, um, who's on 30k a week and he's probably... Joe Allen. 
Joe Allen, absolutely. I, the, 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 there's not a chance we're paying 70k a week for Emre Can. So, so if that's he's what, what, happy to go in to again because of the Champions League profile at a kind of potential 30 to 40 million, um, but certainly not going to go for for uh, sorry um, 30 to 40 thousand um, a week, but not going to go in for 70 thousand. I'll get onto his agent. Don't worry. Yeah, you, you, you tell Ian to keep monitoring the situation, John. Yeah. yeah, well, I will do. I will do. We're going to have a little look at Ian's role and, and try and improve it. Okay, so ten million and forty uh, k as the max. Uh, Bentner, who, who are we going to go for? In Did you say Bentner? Sorry, Bentner. Do you going to tell because us, something, John? Well, 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 just, uh, I've done a deal for him. Don't <laughs> yeah, no, I'm vetoing that one as well, boss. There's no way Nicholas Bentner's coming anywhere near. No, no. Should no, we go on to the expert in the room, which is Adam Lallana? Well, can we just talk about attacking midfielders generally? Yeah, I was going to say, because I've been told specifically by Jim in a lot of messages, text messages and emails consistently since Saturday to convince me not Adam Lallana. So I've gone and looked at other options. Um, so, so, so just on the Lallana deal, as I currently understand it, and again, this isn't info, this is just what's in the press at the minute. We, 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 we've made um, a final offer of £25 million we will not go above that twenty five million pounds and and simply it's now I think if Lalana wants to leave, he's told the club he wants to leave, that's been reported in the press again. Um not ITK Richie, not no not a chance. Um but we, but we won't uh, go above that. So it, it's clearly if we're taking ourselves back into the kind of real world again just for a second, it's clearly someone the club are, are, are pushing to go for. I'm quite interested from Jim's point of view and his manager's role here why you kind of don't want him in the team? Is it just wages or, or, or do you just think there's better out there? Well, I don't see £25 million in our wage budget, uh, in our transfer budget, sorry, and wage budget as well, going on Adam Lallana. I mean, we, we've just been talking about Javi Martinez and you're looking at, what, 30, 30 £35 million, £7, £8 million pound a year. That's, 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 your, that's your big money signing there and then. That, that, that guy... That, hang on, just at a commercial point, on the price paid for him, the the actual transfer fee from a commercial point of view isn't the be all and end all because we can amortise it. It's the wages that, that that really are always the issue. But but uh, what, what my point is, if you're going <laughs> to saddle the club with a big deal, then it needs to be for somebody who comes in and improves that first team straight away. Not on, not only that, but I think if you bought Martinez. You may sell one or two more Martinez shirts than Lalana shirts as well, which obviously always helps. I just don't see Adam Lalana getting into our first eleven from last season, unless he's going to play right back or left back. But he's, in terms he's of not it, going to displace anyone. Going back to Dan's point, though, Dan's telling us that we need to plan minimum for fifty-three games next season, and we need nineteen players of requisite quality. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But for the the overall deal, like you've just said. 90, 90 or seventy thousand or ninety thousand pounds for Emery Can, who's twenty years of age and, and his utility and can come in and play in different positions. That's a no goer to me. Twenty five million pound, and he must be looking for seventy, eighty grand a week as well for somebody who's going to come in and he's not guaranteed a first team position, and he can cover you know when we're in in and out of the Champions League and play FA Cup and League Cup games. No, not for Is me. It- this, this is my opinion on, on Lana, and he's very much a Marmite subject, but I fall on to, under the category that I like him as a player. And what you've got to look at is what, does, what would he bring? And is he an upgrade? Now, his 
natural replacement in Liverpool team would be Coutinho. Is he a natural upgrade? You look at the goals, you look at the stats, and I would say, yes, he is. He scored nine goals, six assists. He plays in a variety of positions. He is a club captain, so mentality he has got. It, it, it makes up all of the right ilk. And the funny thing about transfer fees, and it, and it always amazes me, is that two or three years ago, we're banging on about $16 million spent on Jordan Henderson. Everyone was saying, oh, it's a waste of money. No one cares now about this $16 million. And I firmly believe that the same would be said about Adam Lallana. I think the reason why Liverpool want him is he ticks a lot of the boxes. $25 million in this day and age for where we want to be, for where we want to go, is about right the sort of transfer fee that we can expect to pay for him. And the only sticking point that's going to be in, in the real world is is what Southampton do next. They, they only really need to sell one of their A-class players. They only need to sell one of Shaw, Lalana. They're about £30 million in debt, and this is going to cover, this is going to box them off. Lambert's are, you know, been and gone. They can get away with just selling one of these. And, I think Shaw's willing to give him one more season, but with Adam Lallana, I think he wants to leave. And, you know, time will tell and, and, and a couple of things will factor in. A, how long Liverpool stick around. B, what Lallana does next. And C, who the next Southampton manager is. But I believe if we go out and we get this player, he improves his squad. And I know, you know, like I say, he's very Marmite subject. Me and Jim could batter back and forwards all day long. The one person I'm really interested to hear an opinion on is Dan Kennett on this? Because I've not heard him on Twitter or anything. So I'm really intrigued now on, on a personal point of view. Oh, I've had a lot of um, ding-dongs with John about Lallana. But um, yeah, um, there's, um, there's, a lot of, um, pro- there's a lot of ticks in the pros column for Lallana. Um, in fact, virtually everything um, is ticked. The only thing that is not ticked is the price. That is the only thing that's making it stick. The age is only just turned 26. I mean, a lot of the other players we're looking at and discuss today... You know, or a twenty-five Martinez gone Lons. You know, there's a lot of you know. So he 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 he's got an excellent profile, um, but it's a question of you know it is prohibitive, and at that, that at that certain point there will become better value. It's just a question of how much the manager wants him. But although the manager's telling us now that he doesn't want him, so. <laughs> but all I, what I'll say is, I, listen, I like Adam Lallana as a player. I think I think he is a good player, but I just think for the money. And I know what you're saying about transfer fees and not to get hung up on it, but we're working to a budget. You know, we're not going to go out and buy Javi Martinez for 30 million quid and then Adam Lallana for 25, 26 million quid. You know, it's, we're not going to do that. So, from my point of view, I'm looking at one big, big, big money signing and 25, 30 million quid is big, big money. And to me, the overall package for a Javi Martinez or a Lars Bender who come in and for me, Go straight in that first team in specific positions we need to strengthen in is more is more important than twenty five million on an Adam Lallana who we could argue all day about whether or not he is right now better than Coutinho right now or is he better off is he better than Coutinho will be when he's twenty six you know if Lallana was ten twelve million quid I'd be all over it I'd go and get him from Southampton and drive him to Melwood myself but not twenty five million quid Jim so so just on the point around Lallana and the price. Don't worry so much about the transfer fee. I, I can only say it a few times. The, 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 the thing about the actual fee paid from a commercial point of view, we can amortise it. So, for example, if we paid 15 mil, sorry, 20 million 
um, for a particular player, um, what would happen is we, we could amortise certain amounts, so we'd only pay some millions in some seasons. What that would do, though, is put us back in other seasons. Okay? So it then means that that in the next two or three years, it then starts to have a kind of knock-on effect. So we don't really need to pay that much money. Now, if he comes in, back to Dan's point, and, and, and being in mind you're the manager, I never want to kind of bring in a player that the manager doesn't see a place for. But back to Dan's point, we need 19 quality players of the same level, roughly. We have a few stars that we've already got. You know, we've kind of got Suarez, we've got all that type of stuff. From my point of view, I'm seeing a lot of love for Lallana. Again, the fee does put me off. I'm not going to go up over £25 million. But from our point of view, it seems like a... a, Well, I've got a list of players here in front of me. I've got 24 excellent players, I think, in front of me. And they don't include Adam Lallana. But look, if you're you're going to tell me that we can afford him, personally, I wanted us to go back in and look at Conor Plianka. I was told by my head scout that that was a, a no-go. So we've looked at Sh- um, Shakiri, and we said Shakira then. We've looked at Shakiri uh, and Makatarian. Um, if you can tell me that the, the Lalana deal is not going to impact on getting me the, the, the two players that I, I'm desperate for, then, as I said, I like him as a player, and we'll go ahead with that. But uh, let's say, uh, my list of players here, I've got 24, including the guys coming back. And I think they're more than more than strong enough. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, if you can get if you can get me Lallana and it won't affect any other deal, then um, then yeah, I, I'll go with it. Like I say, I think he's a very good player. So you mentioned two other players there. Then you mentioned uh, Shakiri and you mentioned um, Henrik Mkhitaryan, a player we've had a lot of love for on this committee and still do seem to have a lot of love for by the time of things. Tell me something about them. T- t- tell me about what they're going to bring to the squad that that maybe Adam Lallana won't. Are we going with me on this one? Scout wise, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, um, so personal favourite of mine is Mkhitaryan. I think the transfer situation last season taught me a lot about transfers and and just how not to get worked up on a transfer because he was one player that I, I have watched and I have liked. And when we got linked and seriously linked, it was a transfer that you know, ten o'clock at night you're looking on Twitter just to see what the latest from the. Uh, journal, as I say, on, online, and and when it turned out that he, he went to Dortmund, and it and it was just for a fact that Champions League football was a big part of that. You know, it's it's sort of graded. In in an ideal world, that's twelve months on. So that whole Mkhitaryan transfer is twelve months delayed, and and we were to go in for him now. I believe we will have fully get him. He is a player who seriously improves us from the off. And if you look on how much his valuation is, he's thirty million now. A lot of people will be listening to this thinking, well, why are you even talking about Mkhitaryan? He's just moved to Dortmund. Why would he be looking to leave? But there has been rumblings. His agent has been putting word out that he is maybe looking to move. And if at any point between now and September the 1st that he becomes available, he's the one that I say go for. He covers more or less all the same positions that Adam Lallana was, but he's he just adds that extra level he is that that ceiling and you bring him in and bearing in mind that you know he's uh, he's, he's a year younger than uh, Lalana but he has got Champions League experience and he is um, you know he, he's that player that we need if we can't get him 
And as a, there's a player that is looking to leave Bayern. He's actively looking. He's telling all the press in the world, anybody that's linked to him, he's saying, oh, it's an honour to be linked with him. It's Shakiri. Again, a very, very, very good player. As you look at his positions, you look at his strengths, his, his weaknesses, he does suit what we're all about. The one thing that is sticking on me, looking on, in on him, and I don't know him as a person, it would, would, would be his personality. I, I don't know if... If Liverpool have looked at this, and I don't know in, in the real world if Rodgers have looked at it and just sort of weighed up Shakiri, weighed up Lalana, and thinking, I know more about Lalana, I know who he is, I can trust him in my team, I'm going to bring him in. Shakiri is, is somebody that, you know, ticks all the right boxes. It's just one or two things that I'm, I'm not sure about. We're talking about Ganales, we're talking about Bender, but for me, I'm, I'm looking for that position. That is that number 10 position. It is the upgrade on Coutinho, and and, and, and these are the, 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 the three players, Shaqiri, Mkhitaryan, and, and, and Lallana, that I, I threw forward at Jimmy, obviously knocked back Lallana. So those are the three players that, that I like the look of, and those ones are from the research that I've done. Okay, so what he did was, we look, I, I, got, I got the instruction through about those three players, Uh and I also looked at Alexis Sanchez, and they're all excellent. They've all got good profiles. I mean, Mkhitaryan uh, and Lalana. There's a there's a hair's breadth between them. Um, you could probably it's just ever so slightly in favour of Mkhitaryan. But I mean, if if Lalana's expensive at twenty five million, you know, I, I, could, I can see the same problems with Dortmund for, for Mkhitaryan. Um, one thing I would add is that there was there is one player. Uh, Stats-wise, who blows them all out of the water, and we nobody's even mentioned yet, and that's Roberto Firmino from Hoffenheim. So I want to throw him in there as our contribution. From, from a transfer point of view, though, the, the only point of view that I will say is it does look like Dortmund have, have gone for him in, in favour, given the fact that Mkhitaryan is unsettled. So we're going to be fighting a fist fight. Um, the things that stand in our, in our advantage probably is the fact that. These players are now seeing that we are challenging seriously for league titles, whereas Dortmund haven't. Uh, they never put in a serious challenge at all last season. Okay, uh, so, so, so so that's the only issue I've got there. That'll be you, a the thing. Information I was going off that Firmino was still at Hoffenheim and there are no deals being done, so he is on the market and he is 22 years old. Um, Mkhitaryan's 25. Alexis Sanchez is also 25. I'm just looking desperately for it now. Shakiri has got age on his side. Shakiri's only twenty-two, but Shakiri—the difference is that Shakiri is just a pure attacker. I don't think—I don't think saying—I don't think you could directly compare him to Mkhitaryan and Lalan, who offer far more work rate and as well as the creativity in that role. But I think Shakiri would just be either side of a striker in a, in a, in in a, in a front three. Um, I, I don't think he's got anything outside that pure attack. I'm not saying that's a bad thing if, if that's what we're looking for. But Mkhitaryan and Lalan are uh, basically a coin flip. Um, Alexis. Um, his biggest um, attribute is the goals and assists. Um, now, we have to be careful because um, he, he plays next to Messi. He plays for Barcelona. He gets a lot of easy chances. He scores a lot of goals. But his underlying numbers are not that great compared to these other players. So, yeah, it might seem like a good thing, and he is a good player. But I think out of the ones I've mentioned, I think he's last. Um, but Firmino... Firmino uh, he's he's off the scale. He, he, he's he's, he's um, dare I say it? This year's Christian Eriksen <laughs> in terms of for a twenty twenty one year old, what he's producing, the numbers he's producing out there. Uh, although to be fair, Firmino is in a, in a in a better league than the Eredivisie where where Eriksen was doing it. Just on the Eriksen one, I have to say from from the, the an ownership point of view, 
Um, we scouted him heavily last season, and I'm not happy that we didn't sign him given his performances for Tottenham. So I will say that's a little black mark against against the committee personally. Uh, I did ask Mark no. to scout Firmino as well, so he's uh, I don't know what he's been up to. I have got him on in my paperwork, as you can hear in uh, the background. Well, Firmino, Firmino is there, but I think for me, and it's and it's it's one of these. It's from doing the research and from looking at the the press. I think is one where. I think other teams are, are going to be being from like a Chelsea, for example, who've got, who got more money to throw him. He's a very good player. And like Dan says, his, his stats are, are, are very, very strong. And, and he is a player who can play in, in a number of positions. He does get a very honourable mention. I mean, I edge towards Mkhitaryan because I've got a personal fascination with him. But um, I think with, with a player like Firmino, you've got Shaqiri, you've got, you know, you've, there's a lot of very good players out there on the continent. I went for them three because, well, we've already gone over Mkhitaryan. Lalana for, for obvious reasons, um, just to sort of uh, open a nice debate with Jim. And then you've got Shakiri, who's just, a, you know, he's, he's been linked heavily and he does tick off a lot of boxes. But you can add uh, Firmino as well. And the plus point, he is, he is Brazilian, so he adds to that South American contingent that we seem to be growing at uh, Anfield. Okay, so based on the information that you've told me, I'm just going to give you a bit of a rundown where my head's at. The manager's clearly in this scenario, in this scenario, not happy um, with Adam Lallana. Um, therefore, if the manager was happy with Lallana, given the glowing reports that I'm currently getting, I'd probably be prepared to, to go for that £25 million. Um, and that's the kind of the debate, I suppose, where it sort of rests on a, a Rodgers point of view in the real world, um, you know, in terms of what you know, why we're going for him. He clearly wants to play. But because the manager in this scenario, no, um, I don't think we can bring in someone that the manager doesn't really want to play. I think we need a good squad next year. And and, and from an ownership point of view, you know, uh, Jim, you proved me wrong last season. You've surpassed my ex- um, expectations. So I'm going to give you uh, this one. In terms of the other targets you talked about, in terms of um, Mkhitaryan, uh, lovely, lovely player. Um, I do really, really like him. But commercially, it, 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 it's going to be a tough one for me. I think in terms of the other players that we're going to look to buy. Um, so again, if we maybe do a, a, a rundown, we're going to be spending seventeen million at least on a on a full back. We're potentially going to be spending thirty five million pounds on a centre back. Um, we've got other things between ten to fifteen, twenty million potentially on our midfield. In terms of attacking players, I want to be in that bracket commercially. I think that's that's going to be one of the ways that it types of stack up. So, based upon what you've said to me, probably the the Shakiri link does it for me. Does everybody agree with that, or is there, or is there any particular challenge? No, I, I don't mind him. I just oh. mentioned obviously Mark Mark vetoed Konoplyanka. I I put a, a case in that you know if you're going to go for Shakir, you you may as well go for Konoplyanka. They're quite similar in my view, but um, no, I, I can live with uh, Shakiri. Okay, yeah. Uh, if our scouts veto, and there's obviously good reasons why, so I'll go for that one. We could yeah. live with we could live with Shakiri, but uh, compared to the other, he'd be the, he'd pretty much be behind Mkhitaryan, and Lallana and Firmino. Um, I mean, our top, our our number one recommendation would be Firmino for an attack one player. So, so the number one recommendation. So, oh no, 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 no. The, the, in priority, it was Martinez, then Firmino, then Rodriguez as our our top three from the stats department. Okay, so so Martinez, uh, Firmino, and Rodriguez were our top three. Rodriguez. Okay, 
So, so I think what we'll do again, like we've done um, in the, the other deals, is we'll go for a, a kind of two-pronged approach, see where it gets us. Um, Wolfsburg is going to be a difficult deal. They, they, they are a selling club and, and they can command a high fee. Likewise, um, it is Bayern Munich. It's going to be difficult with Shaqiri. So um, I think it'll be, if, if we're going to go for a number one target, it's Firmino or number two, Shaqiri. Is everybody happy with that? I'm more than happy with that. I, I'm, I'm loving the idea of getting these players and I can't wait to see the transfer photo at the start of the season. Okay, so that brings us on. We've signed Ricky Lambert. Do we believe... And my consultants tell me that there is a potential need. Do we believe that that we need a fourth striker? Now, bear in mind we've got Fabio Berini, who's going to come back from a loan period. Is is this something that, that that we're going to look at? In a purely scouting role, I think we've got forwards boxed off. I don't think we want to be bringing in another forward or someone, you know, in a higher caliber than Lambert. Purely in the case is that why would we want to try and disrupt the? the best strike force in Europe at present moment in time. I think Lambert was a very, very good, solid sign. And it's someone where, you know, he'd be a a very happy squad player. He wouldn't mind being on the bench for most of the season, but he'll be perfect in the games where we we, we need him. Barini as well. I think this player can continue to improve at Liverpool and he's a very good squad option. I believe that we've got more pressing areas of the field as we've spent over an hour talking about them forward. I think of all the positions that we've got, if we're looking at the pitch in third, forward line is somewhere that we can box off, tick, good to go, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I, um, I didn't ask Mark to look, uh, to look for a forward. You know, As we all know, I think Fabio Barini is fantastic. I think he'll come back. Sunderland, you know, that little spell there, done well. Come back full of confidence. Should have a good pre-season with us, a good run of form, and you know, effectively, you're looking at Lambert and, and Barini battling for the sort of you know backup positions to Suarez and, and Sturridge. And we've also seen Rodgers be very clever tactically when neither Suarez or Sturridge have been injured. He sort of played one off the front, um, or sort of you know just tweaked the formation. So, you know, for me. I don't think we need to spend another penny on it on on a forward because that's what we're looking at, isn't it? I mean, we don't need any other sort of wide or clever attackers. If we're looking at Shakiri, Firmino, or Lalana, they can they can filter in on the wide wide positions of a, of a front three. Same with Sterling. So you're looking for an, an out and out striker to sort of cover for for Sturridge, and I think we've got that. We've got that with Lambert. He's a proven goal scorer, ticks all the boxes. He'll happily come off the bench. He's not going to moan. He's not going to be on extortionate wages. He's an ideal signing. Uh, yeah, we, we we did endorse that as well. Um, just just one thing we're going to add is that our, our rationale is that Barini last year at Sunderland had um, a very 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 similar profile statistically to Sturridge at the same age in 2011-12. Now people will find that hard to believe, but it's true. Okay, so, so more than happy with more than happy with Barino, Barini and Lambert as third and fourth strikers. Just to reiterate, then our number, you're telling me that the number one targets you want me to go after are Rodriguez, uh, Martinez, and Firmino. Everybody else. That, that was from my, that was from my perspective, but yeah, the others might have slightly different number ones. But from my opinion, and this is one that I've I've worked out is that we bring in uh, Klein, Corker, Marino, Lambert, Can. And then one of your, well, let's just say Firmino, because I'm sold on Firmino. I like the sound of him. I think he'll do well. He's £13 million, by the way. We bring in those six players, and that's our squad, basically. I want Javi Martinez, 
Firmino, I, I, yep, from what I've been told, him. I can definitely definitely get on board with him. So I'd like him. I'd leave the, I'll leave the left back to whoever you can get, John, because I'm happy with both of them. I, I was leaning slightly towards Moreno and I, and I said to Mark when we were talking about it that he's the number one. But listening to Dan on Rodriguez... Uh, you know, I'd be happy with the two of them, and I and I want a right back as well. So I want Nathaniel Klein, but he would be the fourth. You know, if we're going to sign four players, they're the four. I've got twenty-four players here who I think could do a job. A couple of those are returning low knees, such as obviously Barini and Ilori, who I think should stay with the first team squad for next season. Um, and and if you got me those four players, obviously you can't guarantee anything in football, but I'd be very confident of uh, of reaching all your targets and exceeding them. Okay, so so for to go off the stats recommendation, based upon the values that we think, so uh, Rodriguez is probably going to cost seventeen million, Martinez thirty five million, Firmino, I believe he's kind of market values thirteen million, but he's probably going to go for more than that. I would have thought. So if if you're going to go across his market value, that takes us to our budget of sixty five million, which is over budget. But if we're getting rid of Aga, Lucas, and Johnson, there's a potential that we can maybe raise between ten and fifteen million. Now, substantially, we'll have knocked sixteen million off the wage bill, and that's not including Pepe Reina. And if we're to then knock him off, that's probably twenty million off the wage bill. So, so, although Pepe Pepe didn't cost anything last year because he was already at Napoli, so it, uh, 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 absolutely. So, so or, or did we did we pay part of his wages? No, I, I don't think you did, John. Okay, okay. So you see, the, the the guys don't tell me everything. You see, I always have to double check for you lot. So, from my point of view, from from that ownership point of view, I'm more than happy to go with the stats recommendation if we can, and if it does work out, then we will then. Uh, potentially look at um, going for Nathaniel Klein and potentially again um, because I, I am seeing a sort of lack of out and out midfielders on that list. Does anybody else want me to go for uh, an actual kind of a more kind of deeper line midfielder? Because because I, whilst Martinez can play that role, Edward, you know he's a he's a number one centre back target. My my thinking, John, was if we did have to sort of flip things around uh, and we did you know we needed someone who could drop off i was thinking of using joe allen in that in that position throughout the se- a little bit during the season to get a midfield three of um, allen henderson and coutinho in some games so that would be my thinking uh, especially if we were to get martinez or, or bender but you know mark and dan are obviously fond of emery can but again it's obviously going to come down to the finances with him i was waiting how long it would be till jim mentioned joe allen <laughs> I've done well, haven't I? What is it? Well yeah. over an hour and a half. But yeah, Joe Allen, I love him. <laughs> I, I I agree with, uh, with with Dan. I was looking at my list, and um, I think Khan is is obviously some or Shan, however you pronounce the name, is some of it we should bring in. I'm more than happy to switch out Mourinho for Rodriguez. I'd be ecstatic to switch Kolka for for Martinez. Lambert's obviously in. I would like to see Nathaniel Klein because I think he would improve us. Um, and and if we if we can. Uh, snap up this Firmino without anybody else in, in, in the world coming in for him and, and massively increasing his £30 million valuation. That's not only a title winning squad, that's a Champions League winning squad and I'll be booking my plane to Berlin next year. Okay, so we're, we're, we're going to uh, try and end it there. Um, just to reiterate, um, so for left-back, our number one target is Rodriguez and our number two is Moreno. For centre-back, our number one target is Martinez, number two, Cocker. For our midfield, 
Um, we are looking at um, Emre Khan as as being one of these players that we, we potentially want to uh, bring in. However, our kind of two players that we really want to go after are uh, Bender and Gonalons. And then for um, our attack um, and potentially, you know, the, the 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 top of the midfield, we are going to look at um, Firmino. Um, Lallana and Mkhitaryan in that order. Is everybody happy with that? More than happy. Dan, happy with that from an analysis point of view? Excellent. Jim, if I gave you that squad next season, would you like it? I'd love it, John. be the best thing you've ever given me. Absolutely. Well, we'll, 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 Apart from that new contract. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that goes what I'm saying. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and, and the club car as well. Um, nice little Astra you've got there. Okay, so... So, so guys, so what we're what we're going to do is we'll we will tweet out this that this stuff after the pod. We'll put together some of the stuff on potential options and what it could look like from a kind of a tactics board on the Anfield Index tax, uh, Tactics Board. If you've not used it, use it and tweet us in images of who you would like to see. Um, and and look, give us feedback. Give us feedback on what we want to do. I, I think what I want to just touch on with the guys just before you go, um, Dan, Jim, Mark. I suppose the question is open to all of you. Um, just to do this for an hour and a half has been so much preparation. Um, from my point of view, Dan, you've done a lot of work, Jim and Mark. Can you imagine doing this in real life all day, every day? Um, it, 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 it's incredibly complex in terms of... Because, again, we, we, we've just picked players. We've not done any negotiations. We've not done any any bids or anything like that. We've just simply went through all of this just to pick a list of players. Um, it, it certainly, Mark, from, from your point of view, shows how hard it is. Absolutely, but then if you're paying me the wages of a head scout, I'll be quite happy for uh, end of the season sitting on my island. But you know, I, I can see exactly like it's been two days since you asked asked me to to do this, and all the paper that is lying on this desk in front of me, the two laptops that are open, it, it's it's it, it's it's head mashing as well as working uh, like twelve hour days on, on top of it. But like I say, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I am now firmly into transfer mode after taking May off. So uh, if if anything's come of it, I'm I'm properly up to date with all these linkages. Jim, from from your point of view, obviously this is you you've tried to assemble a, a bit of a team. You've tried to sort of give options in order to meet these targets. Um, from from your point of view, Jim, how how hard has this been to to kind of try and put together? based upon the fact that we're looking at a number of factors. So when we're not just looking at player transfers and budgets, we're looking at wage bills, we're looking at restrictions, AFFP, we're looking at all these types of things. How, you know, from your point of view, it's a difficult job, isn't it? Yeah, it, I mean, I've been speaking to Mark probably non-stop, really, since sort of Sunday morning, uh, which doesn't sound long, but when you think it's, you know, 48 hours, and yeah, it has been a pleasure, Mark, right? And, and other things, it, you know, it's it's been a lot of work, and I've sort of had to marry up um, the need for new players with, like you say, the financial implications, the FFP, and also the new Champions League rules, um, which obviously we haven't had for a while with, with the youngsters and, and the British-based players, and also the need to carry on blooding the young players and to sort of keep the squad down to 22, 24 players. So it has been difficult. I don't know how sort of people like Dan who take in all the stats and everything find time to do anything else. It really is time-consuming. But, of course, if I was Brendan Rodgers and had the nice shiny white teeth and the lovely fitting suit and the Porsche and, you know, worked at Melwood all day, yeah, could I do it? Of course I could. It'd be fantastic. Dan, I just wanted to ask you a basic question on the analysis kind of work that you do. Um, because obviously you do it with a kind of full-time job as well. Um, from your point of view, like to kind of put together a decent piece of analysis on a player, 
So, so if you if you were working for a club and you were to put together a piece of analysis, how long do you estimate that analysis to, to kind of go on for? And 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 it, you know, as someone who works a lot with analytics myself, I know that it goes through a number of iterations. Other questions come up and so on. Um, I'd just be interested to get your thoughts on that and, and to maybe give us some insight on maybe how it does work at a real club. Well, that's a question. Um, <laughs> uh, what I'd say is for this podcast, I mean, uh, it was pretty um, intensive getting ready, but um, I guess that's what happens when you're only given 48 hours notice. But Yeah, um, yeah you can put me in the bin for that. It was a bit of a last-minute idea. Yeah, lesson learned there. Anyway, um, yeah, if I, if I, if I just check, I, I can't really talk about what happens in the football industry because I am very very vague you know knowledge of what goes on but in, in if i take it to my a professional environment which i do right piece of analysis is you know how long is a piece of analysis how long is a piece of string right but i always say to people when i'm when i'm estimating my task for my managers i basically say have i have we got the data ready to go right if we haven't got the data and okay uh, it's, but it's been collected but it's all in it's all in databases and stuff like that and you need to assemble it all it half the time is de- is preparing the data right for, if, forget about data collection collecting the data is, is you know a whole different ball game if you haven't got it in the first place let's assume you've got it preparing the data is half the time and then doing the analysis is almost the easy bit it's getting everything together, making sure you've got, you know, you know everything correct. All, you know, there's no defects in the data. There's no typos, you know, and, and you're making sure you get that comparable baseline, the apples versus apples thing all the time. And um, and then running the analysis is, is you know, is, is a lot, uh, you know, is, 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 is quite quick. It can be compared to, you know, compared to the rest of the tasks. But most of the data analysis jobs is just the laborious, you know, working and preparing the data and collating it and getting it ready and that that's where the um, the, the, the grind is there's <laughs> maybe a point as well just for the kind of stats uh, people who are, who are listening out there um something i know with with analysts and, and statisticians in particular is what maybe what makes a good one is known for the right data to look in the first place would you would you agree with that sentiment Oh yeah, because we're only working with the tip of the iceberg here in the public domain. We're 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 only working with the Opta stuff, and then what's there with Squawker and uh, who scored, and you know the you know the other and, and Statzone and stuff like that. So you know, but there's there's a load of proprietary data in the industry that the clubs have got access to that we haven't got. A, we haven't got a uh, you know um, none of it's in the public domain. For example, that that snippet of that stuff that was all in um, the mail. Um, you know what it was on. It was on sprints and uh, meters distance run and all that. Where, you know. It was in the mail about Lalana and stuff. And that that's from a, a data tool called TrackApp or TrackApp. You know, it's a bit like it's very similar to Prozone. But you know, no one's got this data um, except the clubs and uh, maybe the occasional journalist gets some. So you know, you've got more data. You've got more data sources. You've got better tools. The analysis is better automatically. You know, because what we do manually, we, we you know. I, I I don't know if the club, guys in the clubs think it's any good or or, or or what you know you know look at all the guys at Statsbomb you know they they, they do it you know um, they're pretty serious guys they're pretty serious analysts but where how what what the perception from the industry of what they do I'd be very interested to know what that was. Okay, so from that point of view, guys, look, I want to thank you all for doing this under short notice. I want to thank you all for putting in all the hard work. I know it's been a real, real effort. And look, we want feedback on this. So we may well, as the window progresses and some of these targets go off to different clubs and hopefully some uh, come to our club, we may well do this again and have another little meeting of the committee. But until now, we'll see you next week. Send us your feedback and I hope you enjoyed the show. Goodbye.